Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. To the book of Romans chapter 12. And uh, we're going to continue on with the scriptures uh, I would like to go to Romans 12, verse 9, start there, and uh, I would like for us to go down to, um, through this to the end of the chapter. If we make it through the end of the chapter tonight, uh, we'll try, but if not, we'll finish it up on another day. But as I read all of this finished part of the chapter, I feel like that it's, it's some scriptures that are actually very good for our everyday living, for our everyday living. Uh, Just some basic, uh, general, um, godly things concerning our lives. If we will take these, and we're going to discuss them here tonight, I would like to have your comments also uh, in this. If you have any thoughts, we would like for you to, uh, uh, to mention that. But these are very good uh, scriptures for life, and I feel like it would help each and every one of us as we live by the Word of God. Now, the Word of God is a powerful Word. There's nothing detracts the power of the Word. The only thing that can detract the power of the Word working in us is us, but nothing stops the power of the Word of God. Amen. The power of God's word will always be powerful. But it's up to us to make a decision to live by the word of God or to not live by the word of God. So we want to take this word tonight and apply it to our lives. Put it into practice. Amen? Oh, that was just a couple of amens. Amen? Amen. Now what did I ask an amen for? There you go. Amen. You're with me now. So, the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 9 through 13. I'm going to read uh, a little bit different uh, translation, but it's pretty, pretty close. There's just a few words that have been given uh, a little bit more uh, understanding with the meaning of the word. But if you follow along here, it says, Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honor, giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. We're going to stop there and we're going to take a look at these scriptures here tonight and apply them to our lives. Uh, As we apply them, what will happen is it will make our life more at peace with ourselves and with others. Also, what I see in the scriptures from 9 all the way through to the end of the chapter of the book of Romans, 
um, as we take these things and apply them, it's not just about me and it's not just about you individually. These scriptures are things that we can do but also connects us with other people. So it's about not just me, it's not just about you, but it's about all of us together, working together uh, and, and how we treat each other and how we love each other, which is really the example of the Lord. Everything that the Bible's talking about, the Lord's already given the example of how we need to live for him and how, do we, how we need to treat other people. So when we look at this, the first portion of um, chapter 12 of Romans and verse 9, uh, it says, let love be without hypocrisy. Of course, we know, when we look at the word love, I, I know that the world takes love and has so many different meanings. It's went down a lot of rabbit trails with all kinds of meanings of what people want it to mean. Uh, even Valentine's Day, you know, you've got, you know, it's supposed to be a time of love. And it's a time of us uh, showing love to someone that we care about very dearly. But um, it goes deeper than that. When we consider we love uh, maybe, a, maybe our spouse, we love our children, we love our family, and we love our friends. But there's different levels of love. But when you look at this, the word love, let love be without hypocrisy. Of course, love with hypocrisy isn't real love at all. If you are expressing love out of hypocrisy, it really isn't love. It's just going through emotion and saying that you love somebody, but it's hypocritical. You don't really love them. You see what I'm talking about? You could also do the same thing with the Lord. A lot of people say they love the Lord, but the Bible says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. That is the key to loving the Lord. One of the keys, I'm sure, but there's a lot of other keys. If you, if you love the Lord, you will keep his commandments. You will obey them doesn't mean you won't fail at times or, uh, or fall flat on your face, but the Lord loves us enough that he's going to be merciful to us and pick us up and help us when we ask for forgiveness. The Lord's love is so much deeper than what we think. Uh, I think sometimes we look at God's love uh, with the example of human beings type of love. God's love is so much deeper than humans love. So much deeper. But what he's saying here, and if we apply this to our lives, let love be without hypocrisy. It's really not love if it's done in hypocrisy, just going through the motions, saying you love somebody. And I know I've mentioned this before, but my wife told me one time that love has actions. You've got to show me that you love me. And I proved that through uh, 75 years of marriage. I proved that. (laughs) (laughs) 
So we understand where we're coming from. As I say 75 years and she says it uh, feels like that, we understand what we're talking about here. That's what, you know, a long time of loving each other brings out. But much of what masquerades as love in our world and even in Christian communities, religion, a lot of people say we love God, but they don't obey the commandments of the Lord. It's not saying I love God and just doing whatever you want to do, whatever the flesh wants to do, whatever you want to do. God has a plan of what he wants us to do, and when we live that way, we're actually showing our love to the Lord. Can I, can I get an amen about that? We're actually showing our love to the Lord. But there is a lot of masquerading of love. Um, it's not just about putting a cross on your car, around your neck, and saying, I love God. It's deeper than that. Because God's love is deeper than that. His love goes deep to a place where I don't think we can fully comprehend the love of God. I don't know if we'll fully comprehend it until we get to heaven. But he does give us a little insight into that. Of course, when you look at the story of the cross, we deserve to be the one that hung on the cross, but he went and died for us because he loves us beyond our imagination. He loves us. So let love be without hypocrisy, uh, not masquerading it as an image of love, but demonstrating it, living it out, walking in the manner of love before the Lord. Do you have any comments about that tonight? Maybe there's some thoughts that are coming to you about that love, not letting it be hypocritical. Anybody? John, Brother Raymond, Mike Mann. Here, let's get a mic here. Let me grab this one. I think that one's popping and cracking here tonight. Yes. This one? Okay. Sound like that one was popping. That one popped. <laughs> okay. Sister Juwan. Well, when you say you love somebody and you treat them like you don't love them, that would be hypocritical, right? Right. Saying one thing and doing another. Mm -hmm. If you love somebody, treat them like you love them. Right. right. No matter how they act toward you. you. Yes, it is hard, but that's true love. <laughs> Anybody else? Come on, scholars. Sister Toby. Um, I focused on the word dissimulation because I think about in technology in this world today, you can look at, say, a movie, a dinosaur, you know, coming after somebody. 
They call that simulation. They call that, it's false, but it appears so real. When you look at it, that green screen, you know, it can be, I watched like somebody doing the green screen. And it looks so real when they put the picture behind it and the people move in and everything. It looks so real. And love can be that way. It can look so real. But it can. But I looked up the word dissimulation and, and Googled it. And it said, a concealment of one's thoughts, feelings, or character, mm. pretense. And we can be sucked in by that in relationships and everything. And we don't want that to carry over to our relationship with God. Like, what's God hiding from me? There's got to be a catch to this. Because we do think that about people. We meet somebody and they're too good to be true. There's got to be something wrong with them. And I don't want that to carry over to my love for God and think, well, God's just too good to be true. What I've heard about him, he really loves everybody. He really knows what I've done and he really loves me. How can he do that? But like you said, his love is, his thoughts are so, so far beyond our thoughts. And the mind, his mind and his thoughts towards us are so good. And if we could just realize that this isn't a computer green screen. This is God we're talking about. The God that come down into flesh. And he died on a cross for our sins. For the sins, it said, what does it say? You know, we would die for a good man, but he died for sinners. And we can only hope that we can become like him and walk and talk and act and love like him. You know, that's our goal. That's what we want to be. But um, there is no, sorry, there is no hypocrisy in God. What he says is true. It's black and white. It's, there's not gray area with God. And I just, if you want to know him, read his word. If you want to know how can he be like that, start reading about him. And you'll learn that's how he can be like that. Because if I created something, I'm proud of that. I'm proud of my children. They come from me. And I'm proud of them. And everything that I invest in them, I want to say that was, that's, I did that. You know, I helped them. I, I homeschool. So today we were to, on the way to church and we're talking about the moon and what's the side of the earth that was one side's dark at one time, one side's light at the other, and why is it like that? And this is a conversation I'm having with a six and a nine-year-old. And I said, you guys are smart. You know, it stuck. And I'm if you think about it, that's how God is. When things begin to go in our mind and we start to, it sticks. And we understand that. He's like, good, that's stuck. And he's like a proud father. But don't think that we've done too much for God not to love us. Because he, there's no hypocrisy in him. Mm -hmm. Amen. That's good. We think about the prodigal. What did the father do? He welcomed him back. That's how much he loves. We'll take that. We'll just lay it right there. Um, anybody else? Yes, Sister Janae. 
By the way, you must have been talking about the gargoyles, the green screen, the clay figures. I remember growing up. when we were growing when we were growing up we had a we had a black and white TV and you had to hit on inside of it to get it to work and there was times they had green screen after we kicked it a few times yes go ahead um i'm a very list and task oriented person and so oftentimes my brain just works in a check 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 type of um, type of way and I find that sometimes in my relationships that is a downfall of mine because I while I do really care about the person whoever it is um, sometimes I can just treat the relationship like a task and I guess I just kind of thought of that in the there's no hypocrisy that it's not necessarily that I'm being a hypocrite but that I'm not I'm not really invested if it's just a checklist in my head and in my heart and it's not really um because people because people change and so if I always keep in my head like I need to do this 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 and this to make this person happy and to make this person love me back it's not always necessarily going to be true because that person's desires are going to change over time. And, um, and so with God, it's, it's really, it's not a checklist. And it's so very easy for me personally to view it that way, um, to, to live that way. Read my Bible, pray, you know, fast, go to church, like these things. And, and those are all very important aspects, but if, if that becomes the goal to just do those things as opposed to the mentality of growing in relationship, then it does feel kind of hypocritical to me that I'm treating God like a checklist as opposed to a friend and a father. Mm. Um, so that's kind of where I was thinking. That's good. Good thoughts. Amen. Okay, the next uh, portion of this, it says, abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. And when we look at this, um, how, how many are multitasks or taskers here tonight? Every woman, raise your hand. <laughs> how many men are multitaskers? <laughs> um, I can sometimes and sometimes I can't, but um, sometimes I'm multitasking 15 things and trying to figure out how in the world I'm doing it, but uh, and I'm not doing any of it real good. But um, this is showing here that abhor what is evil, number one, but then it also says cling to what is good. And in some ways, it's often easier for us to just either do one or the other, but really, they don't work unless you do both of them together. So when it says abhor, what is evil, what the word is trying to tell us to do also is to cling to what is good. Um, but uh, a lot of times uh, people that walk with God 
are able to know how to practice both of these. We want to abhor evil. We want to put evil out, whatever it is. We want to, we want to hold it back. We want to get rid of it. We want to get away from it. What's evil? Uh, but in order to do that, you also have to cling to what is good. So clinging is going to, you've got to get close to be able to cling. You've got to get close to God. God is good. So if you're going to cling to God, you're going to be abhorring evil. Sometimes you might feel like you're pulled in different directions, but you can do both of them at the same time. Both of them at the same time. Uh, any thoughts on this? And as we talk about this, I want you to keep in mind, these are things we must do in our life. Um, show love without hypocrisy. And it's not just the love toward God, but it's also the love toward other people. Love toward other people. And also, abhor what is evil and cling to what is good. It's a lot easier, I believe, for those that go to church and live for God to be able to abhor evil and cling to what's good. Anybody, any thoughts? Yes, Sister Janae. Sorry, I just figured I'd save Raymond like the trip all the way back. <laughs> no, um, it is getting much more difficult to discern if you're not filled with the Spirit uh, today what is good and what is evil. Um, and growing up, I remember my mom, I remember hearing my mom always pray that God would help her to love the things that he loves and to hate the things that he hates. Mm -hmm. And I just have always clung to that. I'm so thankful that I heard her pray those words because I pray them all the time. <laughs> um, and I think it, it goes hand in hand with what you're saying, if you cling to God, you cling to good. God is good. So when you're clinging to the things that are good, um, it's because you are close to God. So that goes hand in hand with the relationship thing. If you're not hypocritical in your relationship with God, you are clinging to him. You will love the things that are good and you will turn away from the things that are evil. So the relationship with God is what helps you to, it gives you clarity to see and to discern the good and separate it from the bad. Amen. Very good. Anybody else? She said everything is good. Okay. Anybody else? Any other thoughts? Okay. <laughs> Isn't that holiness? Isn't that what holiness is? Mm -hmm. Isn't that what having the Holy Ghost in is? In us is. And uh, oh, Sister Burke's job is secure here. She sent a text today, and I had seen it in the way that she said it ever. How old can you be? And you're still. Anyways, it helped me realize. That's why God puts his spirit in us. I can't do this on my own. I don't know about you folks, but I'm headed straight for hell if the Holy Ghost isn't in me. That's all there is to it. 
um, it's just very apparent. <laughs> but um, I was overwhelmed at work today. I kept running outside. I was just so overwhelmed that God's pure, undefiled, no pretense, genuine love for us would know we couldn't, or at least I couldn't, do it on my own. And so he would put in me, in each one of us, the spirit so that we could know what was good and so that we would have the capability of clinging to what was good because then we would know what it is. Mm -hmm. And that same spirit in us would um, nudge us, you know, like, mm, that's, that is not what holiness is. You know that inside, nope, that's not, a, that's, that's not good, that's evil. And so, because you're so overwhelmed with his love, I don't know how the world does it, but they don't. But um, you're so, I've just been so overwhelmed with the fact that he puts in us that discerning and that knowledge that we don't have on our own so that we can discern between good and evil and that we can, uh, every time I read this verse, I think of saran wrap. <laughs> you know, where he, we, he just kind of clings us to the bowl and he's there. Right. <laughs> That's all I can think of. But it's a good thing. Anyways, I just. <laughs> yes, we're clinging, clinging to the Lord. Anybody else? Good thoughts. Basically, in uh, this scripture, I just leave a thought as far as trying to figure out sometimes what is, you know, we're in a world right now that's putting evil as good and good things as evil, so that's all twisted around, so it's easy to be confused hmm. with people's opinions. But luckily, we do have the Word of God, and we do have the Holy Ghost to tell us. And um, we got, you know, years of teaching and preaching to reaffirm what the Bible says and what the Holy Ghost tells us. Mm -hmm. So between them, we can decide. But you think about it, uh, you know, that, that Satan himself, you know, he transforms himself into an angel of light. And those that are basically, um, you know, being used at the enemy at this hour and don't even know it, some of them, but they transform themselves into something that if you don't have Holy Ghost discernment or... Or that, you know, the Bible tells us to try them spirits. So, in a way, the Holy Ghost tells us, but we got to try them. we got to pray about them. we got to line them up with the Word and just not take everybody's opinion, you know, to the bank, you know, but line it up with the Word of God in prayer and try them things. Because hmm. uh, the Lord will let us know. But there is a, basically what's going on is there's a counterfeit for about everything that's good. So there, there's a lot of things that if you don't really look at real good, could fool you. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Amen. Good thoughts. This one's got a little less popping and cracking. <laughs> Thanks. Any, anybody else? Any other thoughts? Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Okay, let's go on to the next. It says, be kindly affectionate 
one to another. Uh, and see, this gets into the area where uh, we, it's, it's not just about us. It connects with everybody else, too, around us. Be kindly affectionate to one another. This is a command uh, that we need to follow. Um, and it goes on and says, in honor, giving preference to one another. It's not selfish. It's considering somebody else. You know, I, I, we've talked about this at times before, but a lot of times we think about ourselves and things that we do, even sometimes doing things for other people. Sometimes we think of ourselves. But if we start thinking about someone else and serving them and helping them, then we're going to be kindly affectionate to one another. And uh, when we do this in giving preference to one another, it shows that that the displays of affection are genuine. It's not fake. It's not hypocritical. It's true when we give honor to other people. Uh, also in this, as, um, as we talk about it, it's a call to basically just simple good manners as a Christian. Good manners, something that the world a lot of times lacks, just simply good manners. How do you treat other people? It's, it's getting to the point now where there's a lot of people in the world that just don't know how to treat other people right. But man, a lot of it has to do with the way they were raised. They don't treat other people right because they weren't treated right. They don't even probably know how to treat other people right. So, and that is where any of us in this world where we give our life to the Lord and receive the Holy Ghost as we were talking about, the Lord's Spirit can lead us and guide us in all truth to understand what's right, what's wrong, and how to treat other people. Uh, we can also learn from the example of Jesus' life of how he treated people. He reached out to the needs, and he did give honor and preference to others, even though he was God in flesh. He reached out to other people. And it was a great example to us. So it, this is something we have to put into our lives. Be kindly, affectionate to one another, in honor, giving preference to one another. Any thoughts on this? Anybody? Sister Burke. I want to say, if, if you have thoughts, don't hold it back, because we want to hear it. We're hearing some great, great thoughts on these scriptures. So please, let us know. Even if you've said something two or three times, that's fine. We, we want to hear it. Okay, yes, Sister Burke. Um, it says to be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love in honor, preferring one another. Um, when I think of brotherly love... I think about a sibling and that type of love, it really doesn't matter the mistakes that people make, doesn't really matter the lifestyle that they live, even if it's totally different than yours, they're your brother or they're your sister. And it's a love that it's just there. You, you just love them like with all your heart. And he's telling us 
to give out that kind of affection like you would to a sibling. This is just what it means to me. Um, in honor, preferring one another. That's not hard for me to do, to prefer my brother or my sister. I guess, unless it's the last piece of my mom's blackberry cobbler or something like that. But, <laughs> but it is. It's easy to prefer people that you truly love, that you love without expecting something in return. Uh, you have grown in your love relationship with them. So it's easy to treat them that way. But he's telling us we're supposed to be his example. And that's how we're supposed to treat anyone. Showing affection, kindly affection, with brotherly love and honoring people. We don't honor people because they deserve it. We honor people because that's what he asked us to do. We don't love and show affection and be kind to people because they necessarily deserve it. We may not even hardly know them, but it's because it's what he asked us to do. And the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. So with having the Holy Ghost, we should automatically have. If the Holy Ghost is alive in us and we've stirred up the gift within us and we keep it that way, then it should be easy for us to show kindness, brotherly love to people we don't even know. And that's how they will know that we're his followers. Amen. Yeah, very good. I want to touch on Sister Berksling. I have an older brother, and I know brotherly love. Man, he picked on me a lot. <laughs> but I know brotherly love, that's one of the strongest things out there. I do anything for my brother. I know he do anything for me. And mm -hmm. that just shows that love can do many, many things. Mm -hmm. Amen. My brother always told me that he loved me. That's the reason why he treated me the way he did. <laughs> uh, the other day, it was kind of interesting. I, I just talked to him on the phone about a week ago, and he said, um, when we got to the end of the phone call, he said, all right, love you. I said, what do you say? Uh, he, he backed up, and he said, well, I said, I, I love you. <laughs> I said, okay, okay, thank you. <laughs> So I told him he's getting a little bit more sentimental as we get older. So. <laughs> but he's a great brother. But, yes, um, brotherly love. Uh, and, and, and as you were talking about that, it brought me to a thought here. When we were on the men's camping trip, it, there was just such an amazing connection there. Uh, we were, it, it's almost like we were just in harmony serving one another matter of fact some were serving more than other. i mean they just kept bringing food out and throwing it on the grill and serving it and but it, there was just such a harmony there it was such a beautiful thing and and just like brothers just working together and caring for one another and uh being there for one it was a beautiful beautiful thing but that's how it happens when we get to that point of being kindly affectionate one to another and brotherly love and giving honor preference to one another it brings harmony it brings peace it's such a wonderful thing anybody else just for lining
when you were talking, Pastor, initially, I, all of a sudden I thought that's what he did with Zacchaeus. That's what he was trying to show with Zacchaeus. Nobody honored Zacchaeus. He was like the low life of the, of the town. But that's honoring one another. He showed Zacchaeus the honor he, and respect he deserved because he was a human being. And look what it did to Zacchaeus' life. Mm -hmm. And if we can approach it, people that are like Zacchaeus or Mary Magdalene or, you know, all those other oddball people in the Bible. Um, the <laughs> Who's the crazy guy? <laughs> Brother. <laughs> you know, he was naked in the tombs. Who's the guy that's naked in the tubes? Um, the, you know who I'm talking the about. The Gadarene. Yeah. Well, like, do you really think anybody in the town ever went out and had a picnic with him? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But Jesus, I'm sure Jesus left town to go see that guy with clothes under his arm. Mm -hmm. Because he knew, he, well, he came back naked or clothed and in his right mind, right? So right. where'd the clothes come from? Jesus had enough honor and respect for him. That in his kooky craziness, he went to him. I, it's clicking. I'm a slow learner or else a dense mind, but it's finally clicking. <laughs> Anyways, that was just. That's good. Very good. Anybody else? Sister Juwan. I just want to say that. Any brotherly love and kindly affectionate stuff in me, I learned from Sister Burke. <laughs> we were not like that when I was growing up. There was nine of us kids, and every one of us was honorier than the other one. And, um, But that's the kind of heart she has. She said not because people deserve it. But it's because that's the heart that God wants us to have. And that's the heart that God put in Sister Burke. And I'm so grateful for her. Good job, Sister Sheets. And Darwin. We had a lot of work to do, but... <laughs> Darlene probably had more work to do. <laughs> well, very true, very true. Anybody else? But we're making progress. Probably shouldn't really say this, but that's what we call a Rhonda roast. <laughs> um, when I think of preferring others over myself, um, I often think of, um, in Matthew 7, uh, Jesus said, why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is the log in your own? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. And 
I feel like sometimes preferring your brother means first taking a step back to examine yourself and to make sure that you are approaching whatever situation with clarity and with the right heart and the right mindset. Um, because if you don't and your vision is um, clouded or um, filled with a log, <laughs> um, you're, not, you're not able to love your brother completely and, and fully the way that God intends for you to. Um, and you are not able to help him with something small because you haven't dealt with the big thing in your own heart. Um, and so I just think that preferring, you know, preferring your brother just sometimes really requires us to do some inward work um, and to see what our motivations are and to see wh why are we even wanting to step out and help him? Is it because we don't want people to see the log in our own eye, but to focus on the speck in his? Um, so I just think that that's, um, that's something that I, I always consider when I, when I think of this, the, the preferring your brother. Mm. Amen. Anybody else? Preferring one another. I always think of the Good Samaritan, um, this world's attitude sort of like drag them to the side of the road, you know, <laughs> roadkill, you know. But um, even the Levite and the priest, I guess they were religious. But you think about love, you know, a lot of people, you, the Bible even speaks about with your with their lips, with their heart, you know. When it should cost us something if we truly love and are concerned about needs and situations mm -hmm. around us to inconvenience ourselves. I taught a message on the cross one time, and the Lord told me, you know, a lot of times we think the cross should be, you know, a list of things you sort of do and don't do. But the cross more so in a way is to inconvenience yourself for the sake of others, getting your com out of your comfort zone, and, and changing situations, you know, our time or whatever. But uh, the Good Samaritan, you know, he bound up his wounds, gave him a ride to the, the place and paid his way and let the guy, good man of the house let him know if it cost any more, th any more when he came back through, he would take care of that too. So I think even before that man was his brother, he recognized his worth. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So. Right. That's good. I agree with um, when you said like brothers and sisters, you know how you act. My husband, he come into our family. His family was totally different than ours. And me and my sisters, we we'll talk and we'll argue and we'll love each other right after, hmm. forgive each other. Well, I mean, you have you ha there's that saying, blood is thicker than water. You know that type of thing, but. Aren't we all in the blood of Christ? Blood, his blood was shed for all of us. Mm -hmm. And even though we may disagree, can we not forgive just as quickly? Because this is true life, you know, this is life. 
And I went to Elisa's party for her son and daughter. And I looked over at this lady. She had got out of her car, and I looked at her. I was like, she looks familiar. And all through that time sitting there, she ended up at the party. And I kept looking at her. I'm like, she looks familiar. And I'm like, well, she hasn't come to me, so I'm going to go to her. And some, and that's out, you know, sometimes it's out of your comfort zone, you know, but I'm just crazy enough to do it. And so I went over there and I said, you look familiar. Who are you? And she goes, I've been looking at you this whole time and your father. And there's some, I know you from somewhere. I said, I know you, but we went back through our history to figure out, you know, and we can't figure out where we connected. And she goes, I thought that you would think that I was crazy to come to you. I said, so you let me look crazy, huh? <laughs> you know, but that's the way it is. It, you know, sometimes we've got to go out of our comfort zone to talk to people, to minister to people, to, you know, if we see someone that has, you know, the struggle that we have, and sometimes we don't want to go over to them and say, hey, you know, and, I've had the same struggle with marriage or I've had the same struggle with bringing my children to church and feeling overwhelmed, you know, but maybe that's what that person needs to know right now because that's what I'd do to my sister. I'd sit down with her and say, I know things are hard right now, but it'll get better. And it's just encouraging one another, you know, encouraging each other I think that is what we do the most in our family is, come on, you can make it. You know, come on, we're going to make it. You know, well, I haven't got, let me share this with you. If you haven't got enough, let me share. And if we, if we do the same thing in our church family and to those that are even not in our church family, they'll want to be part of our family, you know, and they'll want to come in and be part of what we have going on here. This is a good church family. And that woman, by the time we left, she, we got to talk. And I said, Elise comes to our church. And this is Sister Sheets. <laughs> it's because she sat right across from me. I said, she's Elise's great-grandmother. I said, I said this, you found the root of the family tree because she was talking how good she thought Elise was. And I said, you found the root. I said, why don't you come to church? And I invited her to church, and she says, I've been looking for friends, and I've been looking. And God used that to open a door. He let me be the crazy one, you know, just to open a door. And just maybe she'll come. So I got her on Facebook, so I'm going to talk to her more. But if you see a need in someone, and maybe you have a word, or maybe you have maybe something that you think that solved my problem. Reach out because maybe that's God dealing with you to deal with that person and help them out so they'll be encouraged. Mm -hmm. Amen. We got a lot to share with people. And there's a lot of people who have a lot to share with us too. So it goes both ways. So thank the Lord for, um, for that giving to others, preferring one another, loving people as Christ loved. And uh, he definitely loved, loves us more than what we can imagine. We don't deserve it, but he loves us anyway. Amen. We're going to close on that. I know we're getting a little bit far on time, but we'll continue on this uh, thought here next week. So if you could read the rest of this chapter. Um, it's, it's got some great thoughts of uh, 
help for our lives. And if we take these words and we live by them, uh, what a beautiful place, that, what a beautiful world we can make our world into. Just the blessings of God, the peace of God, the love of God, and how we can help people around us and in our community. And you never know, it might spread to the whole country at some point or another as we all abide by the word of God. Amen. I'd like for us to stand. And in closing tonight, I would like for us to pray for our First Ladies Conference, which is this coming Friday and Saturday. And um, again, I want to say thank you to everybody that helped out and and did so many things around this uh, campus. There's a lot of great things that have been done and that have been needed to be done for a long time. What do, what do you think about the parking lot and the stripes on the parking lot? That was great. Some of the landscaping, uh, some of the cleaning, some of the repairs, and the lights. There's a light up here. I'm not, I'm not, I, I can sleep now. That light's been changed. I can actually sleep now. So, but thank you so much for all that you've done. And uh, Brother Ron took all the rails down and painted them, and they look great. And so many things have been done. So thank you so much. Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's ask that God would touch the lives of the first ladies that come to this conference, that God would touch them and give them strength and healing and peace. Lord Jesus, we pray tonight, God, that you would touch every...